I'm Laura Linney, and this is Masterpiece Classic. Last time on the Lords of Grantham podcast, we watched Season 2, Episode 8 of Downton Abbey, the episode where Branson and Sybil reveal that their engagement to the family, where the Spanish flu runs through Downton and takes Lavinia's life, and the drama between Mary and Richard Carlyle hits a peak. This week, we're jumping to another fan-suggested episode, Season 3's Christmas special, A Journey to the Highlands. The much-anticipated revisiting of our dear friend, Mr. Tufton. So strap on in. It's going to be a bumpy ride. We are back. The fan love, uh, fan appreciation continues at the Lords of Grantham podcast. Not slowing down a single bit. You know, we, we covered it last week. Amazon still got down and it's not going anywhere. Thank the Lord. <laughs> yeah. I did see an amazing stat though, Dave, that there was um, a recent study that was done on streaming services and which are the ones to, you know, purchase if you have to choose one. Apparently, Amazon has bled over a thousand titles over the past year. <laughs> they literally just gave up the the li- licensing or the rights to you know whatever movies were on there so they lost it or they just didn't renew the the license or whatever for whatever content hmm. they, they have on there so may- maybe they're uh they're just puffing their chest too much yeah maybe yeah spending a little bit too rec- recklessly the other thing, interesting thing i found was that uh, uh content that was on netflix between 2016 and 2018 that is now on disney plus will be on Netflix again in 2026 because of some legal agreement. 2026? Yeah, in seven, six years, it'll be back. You, you can watch Black Panther again on Netflix if you so choose. That's a strange stat. Well, you see, like, you see it with how things disappear on these streaming channels and they come back. I guess it's written into those initial contracts that, all right, it will just reappear again. Six years? <laughs> on these, yeah. And Dave, it's not even like dis- disappearing for six years. It's going to a, a another platform, and then, yeah, they another... Ha- and then they have to re- be removed from Disney Plus to go back to Netflix. <laughs> That's crazy. I'm sure. I'm sure Mickey Mouse will find a way to to bur- like yeah. shred that contract accidentally. Dave, I'm hearing birds coming through strong on my end. Are you, are you I got the, the it's hot. I got the windows open. I'm, if you got birds, it's ambiance. They are singing. Okay, they're singing. Um, That's that springtime song. Yeah. Uh, Dave, is there anything going on in the world of uh, Down to share? Not to my knowledge. Did I miss it? It's still on Amazon. That's the big news. Yeah. We were wrong. Um, the only thing was that there was a funny interaction with uh, that Crawly girl on Instagram. Great Instagram account. If you love Down Abbey and you like fan-made images of, you know, the quotes layered over images and then the nice filters, it's a great Instagram account to follow. But this week she posted one of uh, Mr. Uh, Branson looking at uh, Sybil through the window alongside a bunch of other Sybil and Branson photos, as you often find on Down Instagram. They, they love to celebrate that relationship. The t- Tibble, right? That's Tibble, yes. yes. Not even uh, a great couple name. Not really, no. Um, but that was the first image. And I, I said, glad you included uh, when he was a peeping Tom uh, in the window. Uh that Crawley girl, she said, I love that scene. And I said, I mean, it's questionable behavior on his part, but I guess it worked out. Shrugging emoji. That Crawley girl responded, it's not like he's looking into her bedroom, so I think it's all right. And then I just put a thinking face emoji. Okay. <laughs> I'm assuming I mean, some- that Crawley girl is a female posting. so And she sees it one way and we see it another. Yeah, Sure. <laughs> I, I do that from time to time on Instagram where I see certain down posts and I just write, uh, you know, out of left field comments just to see how they, they react. I, I enjoyed that interaction. Good. Yeah. We'll <laughs> follow that crawly girl. Um, yeah. Spread the down love if you're not already doing it. If you're listening if to your podcast, we just assume you are. Yeah. 
if you're a fan of Peep and Tom's, go like that post on there. Yeah, just that one post. And, and well, I, I, it was like present in my mind because I watched uh, Back to the Future last week, and then there's the Marty McFly saying, "My dad is a peeping Tom," and it's like, well, so was Tom Branson. Yeah, and they both turned out fine. <laughs> they both turned out great, and people love them. So who knew? Um. This is a long episode to get to, though, Dave. Should we just cut to the chase? Yeah, this is a this is another t- treat like last week, where we said we want the Spanish flu episode, and then little did we know we were getting hour plus. <laughs> we were getting what we got, which was you know Ethel and and all the other you know Carson getting sick and the gramophone and the dancing and and all that fun stuff and Jane. This week it's like we wanted Tofton. We got, got a lot, a lot more. more. We got the whole season three finale, <laughs> the Christmas special, uh, Journey to the Highlands. Well, thank God it's not actually set at Christmas because I think I would have been thrown for a loop if I was dealing with snow and stuff like that right now. Well, it does the weird thing where it says it opens the episode up. Well, weird for us because it says one year later. I'm just thinking one year later from what? <laughs> That's where I am in, in the, the Highlands there. And, and did they tease that Mary was pregnant at the end of the last episode? I can't remember. Maybe it's nine months later. I mean, later. no, because no. it's not a year, but I, it's... Well, they say one year later. That's the Yeah, but when you say one year later, you can't go to the episode before and tease being pregnant. You're not pregnant right. for Right, that's what I mean. <laughs> that's what I mean. So I'm, I'm, just, I'm just wondering what the timeline is here. Uh, yeah, and also just, they show baby Sybil. She doesn't look a year older, considering it's a year later. She looks kind of, I don't know. I, you'd think like the baby would be crawling around a little bit and they're hoisting her up and stuff. She seems a little... I don't know. Yeah, TV babies tend to skew bigger than real babies, but baby Sibby is, is indeed grower. a small baby. Yeah, yeah. Um, should we just cut to the chase, Dave, on the biggest storyline? Because I think we waited last time when we talked about this episode to the end. I think we should get to the biggest hammer of this episode. Matthew or, or Tufton? Yeah. Well, Tufton's last. But Matthew, look, it didn't sit well the first time. Didn't sit well the second time. Watching this the third time it especially does not sit well. The way the episode just goes right into, he's dead. <laughs> Who knew? I, I, I Merry have Christmas. Some, some, <laughs> I'm very curious about a few aspects of Matthew's departure. And we maybe had covered this when we originally watched it, but... Mm-hmm. I mean, do we even really need to play into his what he does in the episode? So the, his whole role in the episode is he kind of talks to Michael Gregson and yeah. is the voice of reason for Michael Gregson, establishing some sort of friendship. Mm-hmm. And then... And even in the last episode, so this wasn't the episode where Lady Rose is introduced. It's the prior episode where he saves her from the guy at the bar. Mm-hmm. So like he has meaningful moments with new characters on the show. Yeah, and then... Robert even says, like, I'm I'm at peace because of Matthew. Mm-hmm. And then, man. uh... Nope. <laughs> it's too fast for y'all, man. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, it, it, it's almost as if Julian wrote this while they're still in negotiations with him. Like, they knew... Yeah, that's that's that what Dan- I was thinking. That, you know what this reminded me of? What did it remind you of? This reminded me of, of Bret Hart says, I I'm, I want to walk out of this place, but I want to walk out as the champion. <laughs> and Vince McMahon want, says, yeah. okay, fine, okay. And then the match happens, Bret Hart versus Shawn Michaels. Bret doesn't tap out, but the bell rings. This is the this is the Downton Abbey screw job. You think? I don't know. I think Dan Stevens told him from the beginning, I'm going to leave. And then Julian kept thinking, and we'll get him back. We'll get him back. We throw enough money at him, we'll get him back. And then there just wasn't enough money in the world to convince Dan Stevens to do another season of the show. Do you think Dan Stevens went and punched Julian Fellows in the eye? I think he got oh, one I free shot. Hope. I hope when he read the final script and he saw he was going to die, he was like, this is how you write me out? <laughs> well, you, <laughs> That's wonder, how you wonder who else knows because there's no, you know, you would think that, that Fellows plays with the sort of true love and destiny and things like that. So Matthew is dead, and Mary is looking at this newborn baby like with so much joy. There's no sense of, of, you know, she doesn't get flushed with emotion like she senses it. She does, has no idea. Right. It, I think it was just Julian, Matthew, the editor, and John Lund. Those were the only people who knew because they they t- they cue up the music to get really dramatic there in the last uh, few beats. <laughs> um, so you think his last day of work is like. I told you this is my last day. You keep telling me it's not. 
I think Julian said you get one clean shot, and then Dan Stevens just cocked him in the face. <laughs> and <laughs> that's and what you do. He hold, you know, like if you look closely, he at his dead body is is mouthing the word legion. <laughs> Go watch my new show that's coming in three years. <laughs> down <FX>. the pipes. <laughs> Beauty and the Beast. Go watch it. I'm the Beast. He says the whole thing, right there. It just. It feels tacked on to an episode that, like, it's. it's I can understand why, why viewers were upset because there's no build up to it. There's no build up no, whatsoever. No, no, and to it's it. not like Game of Thrones where the show has a history of 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 yanking the carpet from under you to show you the mortality of you know the issue of mortality. Well, I mean, all of a sudden they wake wake up and Pamuka's dead. He got pooped. All of a sudden Lavinia's got the Spanish flu. She's gone. <laughs> yeah, but down those are characters that are are and Lavinia has an ending. She she right. has a moment. Well, I mean, Sybil's kind of like one episode and she's out too. And what she, I think it's, she doesn't get cut off at the knees. It's for the point of the plot. Right, right. Whereas this one is just like clearly not even plot driven. It's just like it's too fast, too furious, and then he got yeah. Got and not. I think there's a there's a parallel here that I don't think we discussed before because we weren't quite keen on it. And it's mm-hmm. O'Brien. Because this is but, O'Brien's last episode, too. That's true. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. I think if you look at Julian, he spends the whole episode teeing her up to make this situation with um, Wilkins, who is, is um, Susan Flincher's maid, or whatever her role is. There's this, there's this rivalry between these two. And granted, it is quick. Right. But we considering we see this sort of O'Brien redemption with Cora in the last episode that we watched. Mm-hmm. She is, her slate has been clean and she's been just causing trouble right. and she's a and side character. Right. But she's written out with some level of, of dignity. Well, they just, they just lay the groundwork for it to happen. Yeah. And I understand you can argue, well, you know, death is sudden. It takes people away at random. And it's like, well, you don't do that in TV for three seasons of building a couple together. <laughs> yeah, it would be not like narratively if, if like, how Jim just dies in the end of the office. Oh, yeah. People will just be dumping on that show until now. I mean, and it, it, there's still people I talk to who just stopped watching the show after this point. This was the breaking point. And it's just because I think mostly how poorly handled it was. There's ways they could have handled it. Would have been fine. But it, it is what it is. Considering the way we watched the show, now or you know, in the original run for this podcast, it is funny how how Matthew is like all about how great of a woman Mary is, and you're going to be a great mom. Mm-hmm. And then it's like Julian just pivots, right? And even then, you start to wonder why is he? You know, he hasn't broken out season four yet. But why is he? We are we spending time with Matthew and Gregson? Gregson's going to disappear five episodes later by some brown coats, and so ultimately, these this episode, this scene between those two people just doesn't matter. They're going to be gone in a few uh, week to week episodes. booking at this point. Pretty much. I mean, this is I think the last vestiges of like the OG down before it takes that hard turn to to mm-hmm. you know season four and five where they just try to find their footing again you know now do you think this is like the pixar situation where you know there's the story that the pixar crew came in together and pitched like the first 15 pixar movies all at once and, and then when those movies were done is when you start seeing the the stumbling around a little bit do you think julian knew everything up until the end of season three and then i mean, had a broad idea can, i think he had the broad strokes in terms of like where does it end up with matthew and uh Mary, they have a kid that like that's a logical end point for this because then they have a successor to you know the Crawleys and all that stuff. But yeah, once you get beyond that, you are in an unknown territory. You know, you've got them reconciled, you got them married, you got them with the kid. I guess maybe raising the kid would have been, would have been the next step. But what kind of drama is there in that? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it is interesting to think. I'm sure they would have found something to do because. Oh, I mean, well, you hope, but then. What I turn to, and we can just jump to this plotline because this is one I was thinking of. This is the last time we see like Bates and Anna happy for three seasons. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. You know, they th- this is sort of their inconsequential to the story, mm-hmm. but we're given nice moments with them. And you wonder is that because he knows what's coming, or do you think I don't it's think because so. if so, that he has a he has a dark you know mind because they literally <laughs> say cheers to the future. 
And you don't want to cheer to that future that they go. Yeah, down. we we know what's coming next episode, right? Uh, two episodes in, I think it's the second episode, of season four. We know what's coming regardless, right? So it's sad in a way, just like to see them happy and like no, that's not going to last for any length of time at all. That's true. Anna. It's true. And also just in terms of plot lines, like aside from that, they never really get another plot line. And you think about okay, so Jillian played through the string of Bates's mysterious past. We find out the mysterious past. And season two, there's a reckoning with it, which ends up with him in jail. He gets out of jail. Where do you go from there? He has no ideas, it seems like, you know, other than to well, what, what introduce What is the rest new... of their arc for season three? Is it more Barrow O'Brien well, shenanigans? He no, he doesn't get out of jail until midway through the season. And then he's just readjusting to, you know, living it down. Because remember, it's, this is the season of, uh, uh, you know, the prison inmates that he's, like, messing around with, with Bates. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I forget their names. It'll come to me. Uh, Yeah. Craig and Durant. Craig and Durant. There we go. Yeah. So you can get a sense that maybe Julian is kind of starting to like run out of pages in his book of which directions he can go with with Dowen. Yeah, and you see who he... You can see his pet projects, and you can see who he's just thrown a bone to. Right. And I think it's by that same token, he's starting to realize what he has in the two Thomases in this episode, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know which direction we should go down. Well, let's just go with... Uh, let's go with Branson, because I feel like yeah. we all hate where he goes with this subplot. I mean, this is one of our, our biggest our arguing points that people have, you know, litigated over the years for us. You know, does Branson hook up with Edna Braithwaite? Many well, think he- that he... He he does. I was the lone voice of dissent, and I I, I know I need to revisit that. But uh, he, this he is crosses the de- a line socially with Edna Braithwaite. There is no denying that. This is the episode where she debuts. Yep, and big debut. She is just throwing daggers at him with her, her eyes. And I, what I don't quite get, and the character is revealed, like they they repeat this again with uh, the teacher. What's her name? Oh yeah, uh, she's the worst though. <laughs> yeah, well, so Do- they, doesn't matter. It's almost a retread to the same. Dave, point. I can hear you typing. Miss <laughs> Bunting is the name of the teacher. Okay. And they even kind of look similar. Bunting and Braithwaite, just a different doesn't hair Bunting color. Have re- yeah, red hair. Okay. But the whole point is to make Branson feel like he should be a commoner. Or, you know, mm-hmm. be who he was. Remind him of who he was, yeah. And Which we get in the movie. We, they just keep repeating that. But Edna in this episode is not meant to be like a villain. She's just sort of a curious party who has a yeah, crush she, on him. Right. She, she's asking about what the deal is with the Sybil and who she was. Um, and then also um, she's also catches him without a shirt on. That's true. She definitely oversteps her boundaries. But if I had no clue what she was going to do, I would mm-hmm. think she's just a forward-thinking person more so than a conniving woman trying to seduce him. I don't know if she's forward-thinking so much as she's just down, you know? <laughs> but in a, in a good way, not in a way that she wants to make a fool I, of him. I don't know if you can make it out either way. I think she's just like... I've seen the goods. <laughs> Me <see>. want. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I, it, she does. There's no denying that. But, you know, yeah. the way that she talks to Carson and Hughes where they're like, go get the room ready. And she's like, do I have to? Mm-hmm. That kind of, you know, bucking up to the system seems like maybe she represents something a little bit more. But then we find out, no, she's just cruel and wants to use him. Yeah, I mean, she's kind of a prototype for what Miss Bunting is, essentially. But it does lead to some great moments with Branson in this episode of him just like a fish out of water in his own home. <laughs> yeah, just uh, a lot of solitude and... Right, what do you do with your time? And, you know, the people you're once part of, you're no longer part of, so how do you re-engage with them? Yeah, and, and we see Robert trusts Branson with Isis in the very beginning of the episode, but then there's no scenes of Branson and Isis. Right, yeah, he, he's telling him to watch out after the dog, and uh, <laughs> he, I mean, I who guess knows he, what that dog is up to? <laughs> she true. could be having the time of her life. But maybe, maybe Branson did a good job at keeping an eye on her, so we never had to worry about it. That's true. This, who knows? 
Yeah. There are a lot but, of hours in that day we don't see. Yeah. But it is clear to the downstairs that, uh, what's her name? <laughs> Edna? Uh, Edna has like some designs and it catches Hughes's eye because, she, you know. And Daisy and Ivy. Right. So Hughes has a talk with with uh, with uh, Branson and just kind of lets him know, you know, you can be whoever you want to be or whatever. You can you can be yourself and yeah, that, that's a iconic Hughes moment where she just basically says to Branson, "Edna wants you to be who you used to be, but you don't know how good you are at being who you've become." Right. Which it's funny because I don't think it's intentional, but they, a couple scenes before they have Isabel telling. Branson, it's okay to embrace with downstairs, you know. You, you can you can do that, which is fine. But what Hughes says, I think, is much more true to Branson what he needs to hear, which is like, you don't have to be downstairs, you don't have to be upstairs. Just do you, you know. <laughs> yeah, don't get bullied because you can see, uh, and when because Branson breaks down in the scene with with which, Mrs. Hughes, so compelling. And we can see he's kind of like a rag doll in this episode. Edna kind of get, piques his interest, and he just does, he just goes with her flow. He's a jacked rag doll, you, you know. Like, oh yeah, I mean he's he's not you can't pull him easily, but you you know with a little little strength you can get him. I, I find it funny. He kind of reminds me of like uh, was it like the the that old image of that baby with like the towel getting tugged behind it and like checking on like their their little behind you know on the beach. Oh yeah, like, like the sunscreen, the banana boat. Yeah, kid. so he's like sh- shirtless, so he just has like the little shirt covering where his abdomen is. <laughs> I always feel like like Kylo Ren when I see um, Buff Branson because it's like, man, we're not supposed to see that. Yeah, it's a broader chest than I realized. Yeah, uh, he'll throw down. And then he, he snogs. Uh, well, Edna goes in for the the kill, and, and they snog. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't push her away, but it doesn't last very long. Yeah, I was actually kind of surprised to see how far along Branson was in integrating with the family at this point, actually, in the show. Yeah, but, I mean, it's still been a couple, couple, been over a year since Sybil, right? It's true. That is true. Uh, good, good Branson episode, though. Decent Branson episode. Okay. All right. Um, well, why don't we get to the other Thomas? Uh, uh, well, because, you know, we were saying, Branson, there's a lot of runway for where they can go with this now, which they, they, they see to it, especially with the movie. With Barrow, they see to it with the movie for sure. And I think you just you saw it with him and Jimmy interacting this season, but they they really start to dig deeper, like what it means for Barrow to kind of, you know, stop being a bad person and just start starting to care for, for other people, trying to prove yeah, himself. Yeah, this is definitely the moment where they're saying, this is the like the double turn. Where mm-hmm. you know you're 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 rooting for him now, but you know of his past. Not right. that people are ever purely against Barrow, but I mean, we already he's already in the sympathy of the audience by that point because of the way O'Brien manipulated him into yeah, kissing yeah. Jimmy. But but yeah. you can see with uh, O'Brien physically not in the picture, being in Scotland with the the family, mm-hmm. he's a little more carefree. Yeah. And we yeah, see him he, in his like Gambino outfit with the fedora and the striped suit too, right, right. Uh, but yeah, there are the little beats of, you know, he's he's still Thomas. Like, uh, was it when someone says that Pat Moore's a lady, and he says only technically. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, you know, Mr. Barrow, you can only take so much away from that personality. That's true. That is true. So. Yeah, there's a tug of war contest at this fair that they go to, and and, and Jimmy and, and Thomas Stella aren't on uh, talking terms. Well, they they like a, I think Hughes refers to them as the boys, referring to Alfred, Jimmy, and Thomas, which is for Thomas is like, you know, that's like that's like Randy Orton and Legacy. That's just those those are his underlings. Those aren't anybody important to him. Right, he'd be he offended to be called one of the boys. Those are those are his boys. Right, his children. He's the underbutler at this point, as he points out. That's true. Although not in the Highlands. That's true. Well, I mean, you don't need a butler to go yeah, with you. Yeah, he's Highlands. not serving anyone specifically. Uh, so they, somebody asked if they want to take a bet for this game, mm-hmm. and Jimmy takes the bet. But then immediately after the bet is taken, they call in the the ringer. We'll we'll get, we'll get to that later. We'll we'll talk about all that stuff. Well, later. this is we'll, we'll, this this is all Barrow stuff. Right, well, we're not going to name the man who's the the star of this episode, okay? 
Yeah, so the ringer comes in. They win the mm-hmm. tug-of-war contest. Jimmy gets the money, starts flashing it around like he's Ric Flair. <laughs> yeah, I got and all the money. He he's, starts he's, He starts walking around like a... He like gives a, Daisy money, and Daisy wins a game. That's yeah. all we get a Daisy this episode? <laughs> he, he's walking like the floppy fish around the fair there. He, he's just... Oh, yeah. He, walking. He's about to fall face first in the front floor there. So and he goes into the woods to take a leak or something like that. Uh, under Under the bridge, yeah. Yeah, and he gets uh, cornered by two or three goons. Mm-hmm. And out of nowhere, Thomas just appears, because he's probably been keeping an eye on Jimmy, because he, he's a oh, fan. he definitely has been. We find out later. And uh, he steps in to try and save Jimmy. Uh, and he just says, run. Right. He does and the okie Jimmy dog. just goes, <laughs> Yeah. And Thomas says, okie where he grabs his hat off, and then... He, he uses the hat hand to shove someone, then punch him with the right, because you know he's got the limp left hand or whatever. So he's got to get with the right in there. Yeah, and it doesn't work. He immediately gets accosted and gets <laughs> assaulted. You can up. only they do so much with one hand. What's that? They don't. Do, so do they get Jimmy's money? Uh, I don't yeah. think they do. I because Jimmy's well, gone by the time. Why wouldn't you chase the guy with the wad of money instead of beat the guy up who just Wait. interfered? You want to do it covertly, but they've probably assumed that Thomas has money because, as they say, as Thomas says, they got all my money, the little, little that I had. Yeah, I mean, they definitely should have followed the drunk guy with the wad of cash instead of the, right. the questionable one. Well, you see a guy with a top hat come by, it's like that man has money. <laughs> you see some some Gambino, some mafioso from from <laughs> Downton go by. Yeah, and they were like, "Got that? We'll do fine with just beating him up. Let's just do that one." Yeah, and and. He gets beat up, and then he has a nice moment with Jimmy. He's like, I, I got my eyes on you. And Jimmy's like, why? And he goes, you know why. And it's I got a, really, a crooked it's, eye. It's a, it's a, I think it's a very sweet moment of, that you see, like, Branson, or Barra's shame. Mm-hmm. Because, like, he knows he's not supposed... Like, he's, it's, he knows in his nature he just... He won't get... Like, Jimmy won't be his boyfriend... Right, but he still has it in his heart that he wants to make sure that he's okay, mm-hmm. which is a real revealing moment that that Barrow even opens up like that to Jimmy, and Jimmy is okay with it. Right, it's as like okay reali- with it as he can be. He realized he got friend zone, and this person can just be more like a brother than anything. Yeah, and I mean, you better be. He just took a beating for you. Absolutely, it took a licking and kept on ticking that Thomas Barrow. But he's not working because he's covered in scars. Right. He really gets beat up a lot in this show. You think about it. You know, he gets his hand shot in World War One. gets assaulted here, slits his wrist at one point, gets assaulted in the movie. Did, he really does does, he, he's, I don't, oh, yeah, he does. Well, he gets arrested. Right. Well, he gets beat up a little and bit. And Bates the roughs him up, shoves him against Bates the wall. Him up. He's, man, you bastard. <laughs> so you can't say karma doesn't exist. Look, look at Barrow. I mean, he he has done a lot of bad things to a lot of bad people, or a lot of good people in the show, so. Sure. Yeah, Not without uh, the blame. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, where, where do we want to go after this, Dave? Uh, do we want to go to the Highlands, or do we want to stay in uh, Downton? Let's go to the well, Highlands. Let's wrap let's up just, the Highlands so we can do all the Downton stuff in one Yeah, let's just keep swoop. tackling the small stuff, like Michael Gregson. Uh, yeah, he he comes to see Edith, even and he he doesn't hide it. Ro- yeah, Robert's not too crazy over it. He has, they have, no one's met the man yet. He Mary's making bad. fun of Edith, right? Because it's her her manager or whatever at a job. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Because he's the boss of the newspaper. Right. Everyone's just kind of assuming that he's using her. Uh, even Robert says, like, you know, do you have any idea how it looks here for, for you to be, you know, courting my my daughter or something to that effect? Uh, but he's, he comes across as a decent guy. Yeah, and we know he continues this trend. I mean... Especially with the fly fishing, you know? that's a, It really makes a bond with a guy soon to die. Well, it's funny because they don't stress... Like, think about how much time they spend on that day hunting. Because we see Robert and Shrimpy show up to this lunch in the middle of the woods. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, we've done this well for ourselves. That's why we're done. Mm-hmm. And then we see later in the evening... Matthew and and Gregson are like we were out all day and we didn't get anything. Right, so they were probably together for like at least eight or nine hours. 
Well, I think long enough, at least for Gregson to get an IMDb, IMDb photo, because if you go to Charles Edwards' page on IMDb, it's still him dressed as a fly fisher from this episode as his photo on IMDb. So is this a trend with Edith suitors? Is their IMDb <laughs> yeah. photos tend to be Downton related? What's, um, right, we should see what uh, birdies is. That's true. Because uh, Sir Anthony, for the longest time, was his armor in a sling. <laughs> uh, but anyways, though. So Gregson, Gregson, uh, Matthew tells Gregson, like, dude, you're a nice guy, but, like, think about if you were a robber. Like, would you really want this kind of controversy hanging around? Right. And Gregson's like, okay. And, and Matthew says, look, stick around, have a good time. And then on the way out the door, just kind of say, this is where we call it quits. <laughs> and then Edith Which, just says, no. And that's how today. we leave that. Wait a second this is true this may blow your mind okay what if what is true so on the crown as we watch it now season one and season two is played by birdie uh harry haddon Patton. uh he does not have a uh, photo from down abbey as his, his imdb photo is it a crown photo no it's just him on the red carpet somewhere okay. but you know we know he plays martin uh charteris uh, oh, I knew his uh, last name. In season one and season two. Guess who plays him in season three? Is it somebody from Downton? Yeah. Is it, uh, I'm thinking, who would be a good older version? Is it Richard Carlyle? No, it's. I, I was just teeing it up for you, man. It is Sir Gregson. Michael Gregson su- succeeds Birdie on the crown as Martin Charter. How has nobody told us this? Right, that's the biggest connection out there. Oh my God. So all the Edith X's are Martin Chaturis in a different universe. Well, not um, not Sir Anthony. I don't know. He's old enough that he could probably succeed Gregson if you look at like the. Wouldn't age that line. be great? That would be. A, <laughs> I mean, Gregson five. and Anthony look like they could be cousins. Absolutely, they they definitely look next to kin for sure. Wow, wow. impressive! I just figured that out right now, man. I'm really proud of myself. You should, yeah, as you should be. <laughs> Thanks. All sir. right, so let's keep this this train rolling. Um, so, Susan Flincher. <laughs> this is quick, but I guess you just got to say it. Shrimpies. So Susan Flincher mm-hmm. is actually Robert's cousin. Right. She married Shrimpy, but they don't like her. Nobody likes her. She doesn't like herself. It seems. It's like un- undiagnosed like um, depression at the time, I think, or bipolar disorder. Like, yeah, it, because that seems we to be find the case out. So her and Shrimpy are not getting along, and she's taking a lot of her frustrations out on Rose. Mm-hmm. And we find out that Shrimpy, through his position, is being assigned to go to India. And Susan is Bombay, right? Yeah. So they're not yeah. they're not thrilled, but. Their way out to add another young woman to Downton is to pass Rose off to Robert and Cora. Mm-hmm. But then when they get to talking uh, over a not even playing pool, just rolling pool balls across a pool table, Shrimpy basically lays out that, yes, yeah, Susan is very depressed. Yeah. And, I mean, there's also the problem that Shrimpy is also going broke, too. So yep. it's hard for him to kind of just keep his, his act together. <laughs> Uh, hence them going to India. It's kind of a front for everything to smooth things over. So that's really that. I mean, she's she just yells at at Rose and and Shrimpy it, makes it. There's a good moment where Shrimpy's like, "Enough of this!" Right. And then Robert's walking down the stairs as it happens. He's like, "I know exactly how to get to where I'm going." Excuse me. And he like mm-hmm. walks around the argument. Yeah, it, it's kind of just an unpleasant aspect of this episode, but it really does help to set up why Lady Rose needs to get out of there and move yeah, down. And, and we see Susan sort of play this Wilkins woman against O'Brien. Mm-hmm. And we see she's not, she is a, what, what, an equal opportunity hater. Yeah, that's fair. She says, you know, look, O'Brien, Wilkins didn't do a great job, but she's getting there looking at her hairstyle. Cause I guess O'Brien mm-hmm. is really good at doing hair. Yeah. Which is kind of funny. You you got to wonder if O'Brien 
wants to be called whatever their last name is because as we see with Bates and Anna, they are not Bates and Anna down there. They're Mr. and Mrs. Grantham. <laughs> yeah, or Crawley, whatever they Crawley. are. Crawley, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is a, well, it was a quick note of the episode, but I thought it was kind of funny, yeah, how you're kind of just part of this community there. You don't yeah, have is your own identity, Yeah, is this the first time really. that they've done that or... or I feel like it came up before, but maybe I'm wrong. But we see um, O'Brien is also frustrated that Anna never took Bates as her name because of the status of it. Like, mm-hmm. she says a, a maid shouldn't be called Anna. She should be called Bates because of, you know, her title. Right. But, you know, more reason for her to leave, as she does in the night. Who, I, Anna? No, O'Brien. Oh, right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, they also briefly go over Shrimpy's name. It's from a nursery game. Who cares? Yeah, <laughs> Shrimpy's, uh, Shrimpy's good people, though. I like Shrimpy. Yeah. We do get to see little hints of Lady Rose's. I mean, we saw, I, we didn't watch the episode, but in the previous episode where she goes out to a club, but here she's smoking a cig. Uh, yeah, and Mr. Saying, Bates, do you want a peppermint? <laughs> That's how you remedy that whole situation. Um what else are we missing in the Highlands? We 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 get uh, well, I guess the big dance party. So oh yeah, Mosley gets uh, toasty. He gets sauced, yeah. Yeah, because uh, uh because Wilkins tries to spike O'Brien's drink. Mm-hmm. And uh, it O'Brien instantly knows what it is and hands it off or puts it away. And then Mosley's like, "Oh, I needed this." And she tries to tell him to watch out, and he's like, "Plug it, Chuck." That's baby. the good stuff. He knows what he's drinking. He is dancing a fool. I still can't get over how much of a... How, you would absolutely get fired for his behavior in this episode. He looks like a clown <laughs> dancing on that dance what floor. Happen, hey, what happened in the last episode we watched last week with Mosley? Uh, where he got drunk again. Yeah, he got drunk <laughs> uh, because he wanted to taste the wine to, to figure out what it was. What a fool. Yeah, so Mosley... Well, no. What am I saying? He's sort of get... laughing at Mosley. They're not like... Yeah, I mean, what you should know. I say? He should get fired. He actually does. He does. He loses his job effectively in this episode of Matthew disappearing. So the next episode, he doesn't have a job. So what am I saying? Uh, yeah. And based on his actions in this one, I see every reason why they don't want to hire him. <laughs> hmm. He is. A, he is a, a goof. Yeah, we do get a nice scene up in the Highlands with. Uh, well, also we see what Anna's been. So Bates and Anna they go, go have a, a nice picnic somewhere while. Robert is off hunting, and the women are having a picnic somewhere or a lunch somewhere. And basically, I get time to themselves to drink just, some beer. Yeah, celebrate, have some fun, which is nice. But she's hiding something. She's up to something. And yeah. this is probably this is where you start to realize, oh, maybe Julian has really run out of ideals for Bates and Anna. Uh, <laughs> she was hiding that she's been knowing how to keel. Yeah, she right? just as, dances. She just does. She just dance. dances. And the, and the camera. <laughs> The, the bait shot. He's smiling. He's gleaming. He she Eerie. is marvelous. She's indeed marvelous. And she's happy dancing. They're happy. And then it's just happy ever after for them after that, really. Oh, yeah, basically. <laughs> right <laughs> off into the sunset. That's it. That's all, folks. Uh, I think we covered all our bases, right? Well, no, I mean, there's one more storyline that we could talk about before we get to the big what we came here for. Uh, what are we talking Clarkson and Isabel or are we talking something yeah, else because that's the only that's the only one left I think that we haven't talked about yet beside from the big one <laughs> yes yeah, so, because, so guess who else has a little too much to drink little toot toot from Clarkson little, little Dr. Clarkson we see him this, in the liquor line down in a drink <laughs> and then buying more immediately this episode got me so angry <laughs> about really, what happens with Isabel going forward and, and Clarkson it rekindled my, my anger for justice for Clarkson you, there needs to be justice for Clarkson here this is so wrong he gets done it, so wrong it really is a disservice to the spirit of Isabel's character what they do in this episode with her and Clarkson mm-hmm. because she because, winds up with a di- like a, I, I don't even remember his name but uh, what's his you know Lord whatever guy. yeah, yeah. And, oh uh, Cinderby no, that that's right? his last no. name. That's the but it's oh, not I'm what not. his title. But right. he, we see like she's come from a common background and she's been thrust mm-hmm. into this world, and clearly Julian has uh, intentions they, here. They 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 spell it out where her previous husband, her uh, her 
widowed husband, or dead, deceased husband, was a freaking doctor. You're just teeing it up for Clarkson to step in there and be like, well, they call me Dr. Love. Like, that's all you got to do. Yeah. And the, well, the, I, it's also so lazy. Where, so, so Clarkson wants to propose to Isabel. Yeah. And as he starts to talk about getting married, she just like basically says, no, you're in the friend zone. Like, I'm so glad to have you as a friend. Well, she, I, I don't, I didn't pick up. I, th- I feel like she just completely missed what he was saying. She just completely oh, yeah. didn't grasp yeah. it. Yeah. But in that, she's Which like, I guess, I, well, I hope that I wouldn't lose you as a friend. You're such a good friend. Right. Which I guess by proxy means, yeah, he's a friend. She doesn't right see him that way. Uh, and then Clarkson apologizes to her the next day. He says, you know, I'm sorry for what happened at the fair. Yeah, and you, she you saved says, me from making a fool of myself. <laughs> yeah, and she says, what are you talking about? And he says, you know what I'm talking about. And she says, no, I don't. And then walks away, and that's it. I mean, they tee it up a little bit. There's a little bit of jealousy, I think, from Clarkson we see in later seasons. Oh, and, and the Dowager takes advantage of it. Right. But Isabel is not... They, I don't think they ever outwardly say that, like, hey, Isabel, Dr. Clarkson's in love with you. He's a catch. He, he's, he really he's is. A, he's a silver fox. What's that? He's a silver fox. Oh, absolutely. And, and he's got a, a, a great mustache. It has full color in it, you know? And, like, and he's, he's very well gentle. In the neighborhood. Yeah, he's a nice guy. What What is so wrong with him, Isabel? You just don't see. I feel like it's one of those things where who she gets courted by later is so much more explicit with his intentions for her. It takes her to realize that because I think there's a little bit part of her that's dormant right now. She doesn't see herself as someone who could love again or be in a relationship again. Yeah, and we know we know what she she's going to be off the market emotionally for a little bit following today. Right. And even then when she gets proposed to later on, it takes her some consideration to even think that through. Children removed from that situation and stuff. You know, but she just isn't thinking in that line and it's like if Clarkson was just a little bit harder, you know, with with, uh, with how he came at her, you know, maybe maybe we looking at a different scenario, but as it is, Clarkson isn't in the Downton Abbey movie and it's an injustice to the entire franchise. That's true. He is Dr. Clarkson is so important to the show. It's insane that he's not in the movie. <laughs> yeah, he's a a huge plot point with Sybil passing. Oh, absolutely. And then just, you know, and the stuff out. in World War 1 with the the convalescent the, home, the Spanish flu, checking on Robert after he coughs up a bunch of blood. There's so many things. Yeah, he's definitely better than uh, Spratt. Absolutely. Absolutely. In big picture, we'll, yeah, definitely. I mean, Spratt's not in the movie either, though, so... Yeah, I was just trying to compare him to somebody that also was left out of the movie. Like, in the <laughs> argument, you can, you, it's much easier to make the argument that Spratt's not in the movie over the Doctor. Look, I know you hooked D- D- Daisy up with um, Andrew or whatever, but it's insane to me that Andrew's in the movie over Clarkson. That late bloomer yeah. of a guy? Come on now. Get out of here. Get out of here. We're Justice for Clarkson. Let's go, people. Um, I know we have a bunch of things in the world to protest and stuff about, so this is the last thing on the list, the lowest, but come on. Hey, Julian's probably sitting at home penning that sequel movie. Let's get him in there. I hope. I hope. Um, so is it main event time? Yeah. You know, actually, just think about the events of the world say, are we ever going to see Sergeant Willis again in the Downton Abbey universe? Is that, is that just... Is he going to be written out? Maybe. Well, he's he's never unjust. Poor and it's England, so who knows? <laughs> yeah, because he's a he was a potential suitor for for Patmore, and now we'll never know of Patmore, especially because of what happens in this episode. Yeah, this is iconic. It is. It's old. It's old. Just. Just Tufton. <laughs> Dave, how do you spell his first name? I think J O S, right? <laughs> that is correct. That is his first name, Just. He's Just Tufton. That's all he is. He's a spice <laughs> he, man. He's looking for Miss Patmore. Uh, Speaking of someone guy, making their intentions known from the beginning. Oh my God! Doc, you should hang out with Doctor Clarkson. This is a buddy cop show that I would watch. Absolutely. He just sticks his finger in some of her food, tastes it. He's in love. Yeah. Um, and he says, "If you guys, if he, so, he's delivering an order because somebody else is sick or something." Mm-hmm. And he says, "Hey, if something's wrong, let me know." Right. And then, sure enough, it's it's not the right kind of ginger. So, Pat, Which you, says, you think that's oh, intentional? Dave? Let him know. I think she's excited to know something's wrong in the order. 
Because he didn't know who oh, she yeah. was before he met her. No. I, I Honestly, I'll be honest. I think Pat Moore is looking on her A-game in this episode. She looks great. I can see how she could like attract a guy like Joss Tofton. Joss, Joss Tofton. Oh, Joss. Uh, little Joss. Uh, she's got a little spunk in her this episode. I really, I really liked. Um, There's a certain pep in her step. For sure. Absolutely. I think she's probably excited to like have a role, the actress, like, you know, in this where she gets to play something like this. Uh and we I feel like they play it up so maybe there is some interest. Like you you see the boys, they go to where Tufton is, and it's just Tufton and them. There's no Patmore. He's just like, you know, I can you pass along this note to her? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like there's some interest. And honestly, I gotta say, uh the actor who plays him, John Henshaw, he's throwing like ninety five mile power like fastballs this episode he is killing it like do you forget this is a feature length episode of 90 minutes so this is like the equivalent of if you see a movie and the you know i really like that r2d2 character i really like that supporting character that you know that's just that, that, joss tufton that has joss tufton he walks away with this episode he is on fire with every scene like the first scene he dials it down but everyone after that he's just ratcheting it up like he's they want his they, finger in the pie and the tart Oh, yeah. I, I'm sure Julian saw like some of the dailies, and he was like, Tufton, just bring, bring me a little bit more of the Tufton. Come on. Come on. Turn it, I, turn I got it up this, a little bit. Yeah, I, I got this line for you. You're, you're going to love it. I love to be in love. Say it with me. <laughs> I love to be in love. So good. So good. Tufton. So Tufton asks Patmore to, to, if he can squire her around this fair. Yeah, that's his words. That's literally his words. And she brings some sandwiches. They look good. They looked really well cut and everything. He is loving these sandwiches. As you should. Is, it's Patmore. This is af- after the, the the tug of war where, spoiler, he is the he's the fifth he's the, man. He's the anchor. He's literally the anchor on the team. He, he goes into the back. He's the, the heavy. He's got girls patting on his, his forceps and everything, or his biceps to, to you know feel the strength there. Where, where do you think he's working out, man? I think he's just put, picking things up and putting them down. You know, he's just a, a man true. who hauls he's things around town. Yeah. He's, that, oh, he, yeah. he's a big boy. Right. And we forgot that Pat Moore is even dressed up for this. She she has this moment with Hughes where, you know, should I wear this? Is this, you know, good enough? Yeah, it's good enough. Like, maybe something's going to happen here with this Tufton guy. Yeah. But uh, Hughes, has, Hughes has yeah. her eyes on Tufton. And he is, you know, walking around in love. I mean, he can't help it, man. There's a moment where he talks to, to Hughes and Patmore, and he just tells her, I love to be in love. I can't help it. Sorry. Going to have to face it. It's I'm an addiction. Love. It's a straight-up addiction. I can't help it. Um, he, he tells Patmore that she, just looked, she looks like she just walked out of Vogue. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And she says, you know, I, I might not agree, but I'll take it. Yeah, I mean, even earlier in this episode, Patmore says, I'm not just a pretty face. She's feeling herself this episode. She's like, oh, yeah, yeah. I got it. I still got it. What do you think she's putting in that food that got, got Tofton coming back? What What I is in that know. milkshake that has him coming back to the yard? Not salt, because she's wearing her glasses for in this episode. Maybe that's it. <laughs> she, she's just not putting any salt in her stuff. She's just baking it correctly. Yeah, so... The the thing is, as as much as we love Mr. Tufton, there's not too mm. much to this story. <laughs> oh, he's so, stealing a lot of kisses there at the fair. Yeah, and then he, uh, we don't get, we ever get, see a real resolution with him. Well, we just hear Hughes says she caught him stroking a bottom. <laughs> Literally, those are her words. I want to see those deleted scenes. Where is this footage of? No, I don't Tufton? think we want to see that. We don't want any more damage to his reputation. This as as the host it may have of this never podcast. Happened, actually. We we advocate for Richard Carlyle and Joss Tufton, who are two. I not, think they're two bad guys. There's a chance that Hughes may have made that up, made it up to Patmore because she didn't like how she interacted with them, and she was like, "You know what? I saw him stealing kisses from ladies. I saw him getting his biceps padded." She's an unreliable me, narrator, right? Let me just throw in that he was he was grabbing bottoms. He was snatching them all over the over the fair. But we find out that that uh, Patmore was was kind of sick of the way he was talking about food and that mm-hmm. she, he didn't love her he loved her cooking yeah she was gonna be chained to a, a, a stove um and that's it for just tufton i i know here's a question that i have about tufton yeah watching this 
Now, we know what the society looks like now about what's appropriate and what, what's inappropriate. Yeah. Tufton is at, what, late 50s, early 60s? I'd say 50s. Back then you age harder, faster. So he's in his 50s. He's, as yeah. far as we know, a bachelor, like a lifelong bachelor. He doesn't bring up uh, any, you know, we hear Michael Gregson's sob story. We hear Dr. Clarkson's sob story. We know if you've had a, a wife and mm-hmm. they've passed on. Tufton yeah. is just a charismatic shopkeeper who, who is a man about town at the town mm-hmm. fair. He yeah. tells the young ladies, hey, Pat, check out my muscle. I'm the big strong man. Who's to say he's not winging it? being a wingman for Alfred and Jimmy and Barrow. And who's to say he's not stealing kisses from these people because they're regular customers. He's just being a, a overly friendly guy who might've had a drink or two. So he's, he's the big bad booty daddy. He, he's, he's just the, the nice guy around town that everyone knows. He just, he likes to make people happy. Yeah. He's the John Hollywood of, of <laughs> Downton. Yeah. Everybody hey. knows him. You don't, <laughs> you don't necessarily like him, <laughs> but mm-hmm. you know him. Yeah, absolutely he's, he's just he's just Tufton uh the one thing I didn't pick up on until this rewatch was that you know they say he bought the business of you know who was shipping this stuff to Downton so he just kind of continued with those orders uh which is kind of a funky way to do business like well here's the stuff you ordered and it's like did we order from you but yeah, okay well you know it's what we need do you think they, they they probably cut off service with him immediately following this episode right they found another he was cancelled yeah, because they even say early on in the episode, like, well, we didn't call for you, so like, there's theoretically maybe other shops that yeah, can get I, it Yeah, I was under the impression it's like a temporary like fill-in thing. Yeah. Like, this guy couldn't get your order. He passed it on to me. Uh, here I am. Mm-hmm. Let me know if I screwed it up. Right. Do you think she ever let him know if he screwed it up? Because what if, what if he came in and he was like, those are my, my friends and my, my customers. I wasn't being romantic. I'm just being me. I do feel like we were robbed a good scene of Pat Moore, you know, shutting him down. Like, oh, not to say that she the, wouldn't uh, be justified in shutting him down, but wouldn't you know? What right. if she was like, stop flirting with all the girls? He says, okay. Mm-hmm. She just <laughs> want, she wanted out. <laughs> right, right. Uh, and that that's that's tough. Ju- you know, justice, justice for Joss. Absolutely, <laughs> bring bring him back for the movie. Yeah, bring him back for Downton too. Make him the the real focus yeah other small things to touch on this episode uh jimmy and alfred they sit on furniture hughes catches them carson takes the abandoned sibby Mm -hmm. there's an absentee nanny situation yeah he explains you know how you know he can't be caught out in the town with these people he he, he's got a a role to protect as being the the head of the of this whole you know downstairs business i do like the the concept of of Jimmy and Alfred and and Barrow find out about this fair from Tufton, and then they go back to the the Downton, and they're like, "Hey, can we go to this fair?" And then slowly, everybody finds out about it. That would be like if like there was a big f- town wide festival going mm-hmm. on in the center of town, and you just had no clue what was happening yeah, until be the day everywhere. before, right? Like, you yeah, know, the Carnies are coming to town well, with the rigged games. It, it probably just goes to show how hard Carson's working them. He's working That's through. The shot of Jimmy and Alfred doing the silver is a very good comedic shot. Wait, what were they? Oh, what was were the they, silver? You know, it shows them with the table. You know, the frame is them just starting to polish the silver, and it does a zoom out, and the table is just filled with silver. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's sort of, <laughs> oh, good. no. <laughs> and we get a bit of a simple violet this episode where uh, she wants to play some of the games, and Daisy says, don't you know they're all fixed? And then Daisy wins a game. <laughs> And it's because the game wasn't fixed against her. <laughs> yeah, and that's because Jimmy gave her the money. Yeah. So, a little bit of the simpleton stuff going on for, for the people who enjoy that. Uh, Dave, was this a good episode? I'm going to say it's the reverse of the season two Christmas special. I'm trying to think in terms of its placement in the Christmas specials. Because I can't quite... Well, I think this is absolutely lower tier. It definitely seems like it's shambling along a lot with a lot of the storylines. There isn't a clear focus or drive of them. Mm-hmm. Whereas season two absolutely has that. Season four is the most underrated one. That's with the the heist and uh, Giamatti. Uh, season six is the finale, effectively. 
uh, and then season five is the visit to the place where we introduced the new potential boyfriend. The London for season, Mary and Edith. Yeah, no, 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 that's the season four. That's that's the heist. Yeah, season four is the heist, and season five is where they just go to meet the new boyfriends for Mary and Edith. You know, Bertie and uh, Henry. Henry and like stuff happens that episode, but it's whatever. I think it's on that tier. I think it's like bottom two of the five. Yeah, but as far as enjoyment from our perspective, there's a lot of fun stuff and. Yeah, Tufton. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, Tufton walks off of this episode. It really is just like a no hitter. You just don't forget about him once you've seen him. You wish there was more of him. And the Clarkson stuff is great. Yeah, uh, it's the the fair stuff is good. I think the Barrow stuff is is it's very good, sweet, and resonates. It's just the Matthew stuff. The Matthew stuff sinks this episode really. Yeah, because even the Edith stuff, you see, she has a spine for the one of the early, one of the first times she really asserts herself as, no, you're not leaving my life because everyone here says like, I like you. Yeah. Now don't, yeah. don't go to Germany. <laughs> Whatever you do. Um, let's get to the rankings then. Yeah. Who do you have on the bottom? I got number three, Shrimpery and Susan, because they're a drag, and that's pretty much it. <laughs> okay. I got yeah. Wilkins on the bottom, which is Susan oh, okay. Flincher's uh, maid, because yeah. she tries to sabotage O'Brien by making her get drunk at the party. She doesn't take, she mm-hmm. doesn't bite, and yep. we know what's coming. She's getting replaced. That's true. That's, true. That's very true. Well, I, number two, I got Matthew. He's dead. Okay. It sucks. <laughs> I got I got Barrow at number two because he gets whooped up. Okay. I think he earned some grit this episode, though, for sticking up for Jimmy. That's true. That's true. But he's he does get assaulted. <laughs> uh, well, number one, Dave, I got Julian. Uh, I think, as we were saying earlier, it really is a turning point for Downton where he just doesn't have the full plot lines to keep it going at full motion as it has been going, and then he also just loses the battle of keeping Matthew Dan Stevens around. So I think... And, and O'Brien, and O'Brien too. So, well, sorry, I got, I got I got the dead man at number one, Matthew. Okay, that's fair. And who is your number two? Barrow. Uh, okay, I don't know about that one. But all right, Barrow. Hey, well, you know, to to make another wrestling reference, we're ten years removed from the debut of the Nexus. Barrow is like the John Cena in that situation. He just gets caught by these thugs. So, for people who don't up. know, Nexus is ten people who grouped uh, grouped and and beat up on John Cena. Only difference is John Cena actually ended up beating up all 10 of those people and winning. But we, we don't see what Barrow does off screen. He's only got one hand. <laughs> That's all he needs. All right, so he did beat up those those other thugs. Off screen, yeah. All right. Between seasons. Well, okay, got it, got it. One by Who's one, going, he, kill, he kills them. I, I don't think that happens, but <laughs> who is going up for you, Dave? Well, I have an honorable mention before we get to the rankings mm-hmm. because they don't have a particularly... Uh, the needle doesn't move far, but this is, as we said before, this is the last time the Bates is happy. Really have a, any sort of positivity for what two and a half seasons? Sure. So, right. hats off to well, the Bateses. Who, well, who's number three? O'Brien, because we she, she's the opposite of Wilkins. We know what's coming for her, and she she catches on to Wilkins. I don't like mm-hmm. O'Brien. She's one of my least favorite characters on this whole show. Yeah. She spins things her way, and she she wins. That's true. That is true. Well, I got Bates at number three for the reasons you just said. They had a good week. <laughs> it's okay. It, it, that's it. That's all you need sometimes. Okay. Well, number yeah. two, potentially controversial because, the, the you know, maybe hypocritical of me concerning the Bateses. I got Robert at number two. What the hell did Robert do this episode? <laughs> Robert has secured his family's future. There's baby. Okay, so, so the baby comes. We see Robert is a sympathetic voice of reason with mm-hmm. with Shrimpy. He's allowing um, Cousin Rose to stay with them. We see he learns the error of his ways from, from coveting another man's belonging. When he says, I love coming to Dun Eagle because I just love being here and soaking up what you have. And then he ends yeah. the episode saying, all I need is my family. And I learned that now. After this season for Robert, this is a That's truly true. underappreciated moment in Robert Crawley's that, Downton career. That is, that is a good point. That is a good point. 
well, at number two, I got uh, 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 Pat Moore. She uh, she gets she gets lusted after. It makes her feel good for once, you know. Yeah, I mean, good I think for if Pat Moore. She does. I don't know if I would say she came out on top, but she's well, not they a loser. A good, they, they get a good laugh out of the guy by mocking, like you know. Yeah, they make fun of Tufton. They hurt his. They hurt his feet. You know, imagine if he heard they what hurt. they said. Yeah, that's true. He'd be he crying. loves to be in love. That's true. That's true. Well, who, who's number one, Dave? Number one has got to be Hughes. I, I don't see how it's got to be Hughes. Tell me why. <laughs> so okay, Hughes has the scene with Branson. She mm-hmm. she's the one that that calls the shot with with Braithwaite. Okay, she's like, we gotta, I gotta intervene in this situation. Yeah. And then she does. She doesn't let Carson be a bully and just give her the boot. And mm-hmm. she is the one, potentially unreliable, but she is the one who sees everything going on with Tufton and sure. Patmore. And then she gets in there and then they have the laugh. I think the scene with her and Patmore and the scene with her and Branson are two firmly establishing scenes about how great of a character she is. An all-time top Top no, it is a good effective effective episode for her. Um, I have Branson at number one. He gets a week at the house to himself. He gets to, to kiss <laughs> staycation. Uh, yeah, he gets a staycation away from the parents. Uh, gets to kiss Edna. Uh, gets a good cry in. You know, I, I think it's a it's a good episode for Branson. It is a good episode for Branson. I mean, a lot, I, of, a lot of good things in this episode. A lot of bad things in this episode for a bunch of people. That's true. It's not a not a consistent one. No. But, uh, Which also is almost shout- good. I like a like a good episode with some depth. Yeah, and I, I think also uh, not ranked but important was the setting. The, the hills again look so good in this it episode. Is a it makes me want to go very well shot. It's funny because I I don't know if is it the season? No, it's it's the Pamuk episode which we revisited. Mm-hmm. Some of these down in episodes that are iconic look like trash. It's true. And Pamuk is is the best example. That's the one with all the soft focus. But this yeah, one, the framing is bad. This, this one looks beautiful. We, there's a lot of different color palettes going on and mm-hmm. just across the board chef's kiss for the looks of this episode. Yeah. Gotta love the bagpipes, you know, waking Robert up in the morning. That's another reason for Robert to not have a great, great week was he kept getting woken up by these bagpipes. Yeah. 10, 10 mornings of being woken up at like eight o'clock with some bagpipes. That's a rough week, man. We just hit an hour on this episode. That's, that's a lot to unpack. It's a 90 minute episode. So, yeah. So what do we have in store for next week, Dave? Do we want to wait? We were at the, what? Second week of June, we want to do two more fan choices and then dive into some more either in-depth Downton or The Crown. Well, yeah, I think we can do a couple of those. I think we got to get back to The Crown. I, like, yeah. I, I, you know, This has been good re- returning to Downton, but I think we got to get back to business. Yeah, well, you know what? June is both of our birth months. So let's take true. our birth month and enjoy some Downton favorites, and then we'll get back into The Crown season two. Mm-hmm. And I know people have been wanting different format down episodes. We'll use that time while we're watching The Crown to really flesh out what those different format episodes are going to be. So don't fear. We're, we're not ignoring the fan suggestions. We just want to yeah. do it correctly. Right. We're so never we'll leaving down. We'll take two and a half months to do The Crown. I mean, we're busy. We're still busy even with this quarantine and everything. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, we're, we're still doing it, though. Yeah. So, Dave, any recommendations of things people can check out to keep busy um i don't think i've i've i think it's the same as last week for me i've been are we're in a movie club together that had a controversial month where we were Mm. asked to bring tv shows to the table and i I revisited man seeking woman on fx which has been a delight it was an underrated show for sure yeah Uh, so that's been fun to that succession better call saul and dragon Mm -hmm. ball super that's that's all i'm watching there you go (laughs) I watched uh, the Bruce Lee documentary that was on ESPN, uh, Be Water. Uh, interesting format. There was no talking heads. It was just all footage of Bruce Lee mostly and then people talking over it. And it led me to watch Ip Man uh, with Donnie Yen. The uh, first one? Yeah, the first one. Cause it's he's good the, movie. Yeah, oh, it's great. Yeah, it's so much fun. And he's the eventual teacher of Bruce Lee. But yeah, it's just That's good Ip to Man see Ip Man 2 is uh, all about Bruce Lee. Ip Man 2? Yeah. Is it? I think, I know I think Ip- that's all about... The Bruce Lee, and then four is um, no, no. I, what I read, It Man Two, they introduced Bruce Lee at the end, and then four is were actually Bruce Lee and uh, It Man working together. Oh, yeah. I got so I've, I've seen one and three. I haven't seen two and four. Two is on Netflix. One, two, and three are on Netflix. Four is okay. Man. 
So what, but, uh, I would recommend it, man, from the one and three. Yeah, to anyone. It's just fun. <laughs> um, the one last thing I want to shout out to is uh, I posted it over the weekend, but you know, just in terms of you know everything going on in the world and stuff like that. If you're looking for podcasts to kind of better educate yourself about stuff with race and, and just understand you know what's going on with people and culture, I I recommend NPR's Code, Code Switch podcast especially for American listeners because it talks a lot about you know the racism in our country and you know how the, how that you know is systemic and it's just very good at keeping yourself up to date on like these social issues and also I recommend anything with Wesley Morris he's a Pulitzer Prize winning critic and at the intersection of pop culture and racism and, and race in general not even just racism just race very educational like I, I always I, I think one of the best ways to learn about these kind of matters is through pop culture and he breaks it down so effectively you just it just it's great anytime, anytime he speaks on any podcast all right so, highly recommend that yeah, if you've made it this far into our podcast you should should uh, do your due diligence yeah, just keep listening to the podcast <laughs> yeah why not hit the subscribe button at least download it do some yeah. do some favors for the people and on yeah. that note if you have not give us five stars on Apple Podcasts and leave us a review the algorithm helps Absolutely. Or it helps the algorithm. And also follow us on all the social medias. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Gmail. TikTok. Not yet. LinkedIn. Not, not, not yet. Yeah, no. <laughs> all but that you know fun where stuff. Find us. Yeah. Yeah. So keep sending suggestions. We got two more weeks of the fan love summer from the Lords of Grantham. All love, baby. Because we love being in love. <laughs> yeah, you might as well face it. Yeah. <laughs>